Hello, welcome to News Underground. My name is Anna. Uh, usually we have Lucy, as you know, um, doing this show, but now we have a new person and it's me. Um, I am a news correspondent for News Underground and this is my first interview. I am interviewing uh, Robin, who is, oop, let me turn on the mics, who is the, uh, the leader, the creator, the founder sure. yes, of Smile <laughs> High Kings um, and uh, Drag King Just In Time. Um, and I am just going to ask a few questions. Um, so I need, I need to kind of catch my bearings here. I'm also new, um, so this is my first time interviewing on air. Um, and my you voice is, thank you. My yes. voice is very loud in my headphones right now, so I need to. Okay, now I have my bearings. And now it's okay. Good job, Anna. Thank you. <laughs> it's college radio, so it's okay. Um, so my first question, uh, my first questions are just for Robin. Again, Robin, you're the Robin McKinnon. Yes. Uh, you are the founder of uh -huh. Mile High Kingdom. Yes. Um, and you put together this group three years ago? I did. Okay. And um, what, I guess my first question is what inspired you three years ago to pursue this? Well, I had been to a hundred drag shows, and I had only seen drag queens, and um, I kind of, I kind of knew the basis of the LGBT community wasn't really built for me anyway, and so that was a little bit frustrating for me. And then I was surprised that I had never seen a drag king, and I wondered if it was a thing. And I started researching it, and there were drag kings in other cities, and so. Um, I decided that Denver needed some more drag kings, so I, that's when I started this little journey. Great. Um, and did you have like a connection to the drag scene prior, or was it to a totally new thing? To <laughs> nope. You? I had no connections. Okay. I, I'm a dancer, and so I knew how to do like choreography, and um, I had a bunch of friends, and I was like, hey, do you want to make a drag king troupe? And pretty much nobody's ever heard of that so they, we just kind of invented this and we kind of made it up as we went along so that's how it started three years ago yeah yeah that's interesting that's an interesting thing I think to just sort of throw yourself into right so. and I thought it would be cool to have you know like a boy band or you know to have a concept and I there's such a difference in drag you could see people who totally practice and who are skilled in dance and theater and you know concepts and that kind of thing and then you see people who you know don't really know their words and they walk around and they collect tips you know so there's like there was a big variance and I found the most interesting drag was when there was at least two people on the stage I think that that really increases like the level of entertainment and so that's kind of where I went with the group idea yeah. cool um and as far as because um at Boulder Pride Fest this September um yes you said, I'm not gonna stop until we have Drag Kings booked at every show in this state. Yes. Um, and is that sort of, is that what you consider sort of, I guess the end goal in your journey to, um, you know, increase Drag King inclusivity or is there an end goal? That's an amazing question and I could talk forever on this because this is totally my jam, but um, we, so in the beginning of Malahi Kingdom, we had a really hard time getting booked and um, people, we just don't fit into the typical drag, like one person or one drag queen or something like that. So that was changing a lot of things. Um, 
And then we had, there's all the like crazy drama in the community. And so we took all these kind of hard hits. And then this crazy thing happened at the beginning of the year, actually about March, Austin International Drag Festival called me and was like, hey, we want your group to come perform at the International Drag Fest. And I was amazed and shocked and honored. And I knew that in order for us to be worthy of the same stage as some of the greatest drag artists in this in the world, that we really had to raise our level of drag. And so I started a school for drag. And so we have a show every Tuesday night at eight o'clock in Denver, Pride and Swagger. And it's for it's open to anybody. It's for free. And it every so I'm also a teacher. And so it's a pretty good combination of my world of teaching drag. And so we have we have mentors in the drag world. And so they'll teach a concept, they'll teach a workshop or something like that. And then we have a big drag king show. And so from that show, we've started getting booked a lot and I'm super excited. And about two weeks ago, somebody told me, yeah, it's kind of known right now that if you're not booking a drag king at your show, you're not really updated with the times and that kind of thing. So like that was amazing to me. I was super excited to hear that. And so I think that now that it's becoming not so bizarre, we don't, I don't think we get it as bad anymore. People were like, what's a drag king? And it was like total shock. Now it's like, oh, drag kings, okay, cool. Um, You know, I'm used to seeing drag kings. And so now my goal is that they're booked and paid because they, you know, AFAB artists are paid 13 cents to the dollar statistically. And so um, that's disgusting to me because I feel like there's no, there's no need for that. And so now I'm wanting, because they kind of have been giving us like tip spots, which we're very grateful for, and that exposure and the visibility is huge. And so now I'm interested in them being premier artists. And so we're raising our levels so that they um, are sought out for and things like that. So. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because you mentioned the Austin International Drag Festival. Yes. Um, is, and that's, um, seems like a really good opportunity for representation. You're yes. alongside Spiky Van, FCC e- violation. Yes, and unfortunately, get with the times, FCC. I know. Yes, the most famous drag king in the world. Yeah, that's impressive. So mm-hmm. how, do you wanna just talk more about sort of, um, you know how they came to contact you and I have no idea it blows my mind even now and um so I and I didn't really know the future of Mile High Kingdom at that point and um so when they called I kind of took that as a sign that okay this is something that needs to happen in this world and so that's why I started the Drag King School and um yeah we're excited we leave Wednesday at five in the morning and we're going to drive to Austin and we're going to share a stage um, with the most famous drag artists in the world and we've been now triple booked which I'm super excited about because they keep saying hey will you be in this show hey will you be in the show and so that's unbelievable to me um, we're also going to meet another drag troupe out there the boys of Austin are we're hanging out with them um, so yeah I'm pretty excited I don't I don't know what to expect we have an unbelievable good (laughs) sorry FCC um piece so I'm really excited to put that on a stage and to I think it will um be impressive in the drag world it's nothing that people have ever seen so I'm pretty excited right yeah no that's super exciting and I think and this is more of a clarifying yes question but Thursday looks like it's just for drag king yes well done Anna you are good at your research thank you and you know that's (laughs) that's a rarity and that's not every drag 
drag event allows for that and accommodates for that. So we are excited about the inclusivity. Um, we're hoping for a little more less, a little less separate but equal, but still kind of we're excited for the visibility when we go there. So right, yeah, that was really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. um, and. Also, I saw on, I don't know if you're still doing this, but on your Facebook, you have a fundraiser. We do. Uh, that is at, if I can plug the, the URL. That'd be amazing. Um, it's fundly.com slash mile dash high dash kingdom dash is dash Austin dash bound. Um, so you guys are still raising money. We, we are always going to raise money. Yes, there's yeah. always going to be always things that more the king visibility in this, you know, in this town needs funding. So, yes. Mm -hmm. And there's links on our Facebook page as well. So if it's easier to find there. Yeah, that would be awesome. OK, great. Yeah. And um, just to remind everybody, their Facebook is facebook.com slash Mile High Kingdom. Pretty straightforward. Um, and for um, just in time, yes. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Um, just, you know, to sort of involve everybody <laughs> uh, in the conversation. So, um, Robin mentioned that you're, you're new. Yes. Um, so how long exactly have you been doing oh, drag for? Like four months. Wow. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. About four months. Okay. And, um, what, I mean, what inspired you to start doing drag? Um, like I've always like been in interested in it, I guess, and uh, my girlfriend at the time suggested that I should do it, that I'd be really good at it, so I did it, and I met Robin in the group, I didn't, like, she wanted to throw me in that very first night, like, just jump in into the skit, like, well, we'll just plug you in, I'm like, oh, no, 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 hold on, like, hold on, let me, like, get a feel for it, but um, after the first time meeting everybody, it was, it was incredible, so it's like a little family, so I'm really blessed. Yeah, no, that's great, um, and as far as, because I feel like when you start doing drag, I've never done it, so I don't know, but it would probably be a little nerve-wracking. It's stressful. Yeah. It's so stressful. <laughs> I yeah. bet. But it's, um, it's a lot of fun, though. Seeing yeah. people's reactions and everything, it's, it means the world, so. That's good. Um, and, I mean, what about, what would you say is, like, the main thing that sort of appeals to you with doing drag or empowers you? Just expressing myself mm -hmm. through, it's, it's an art form. It's what it is. Yeah. For sure. Um, and have you ever uh, felt, I guess, because obviously, you know, most performers at drag shows are still drag queens um, and performing sort of, and I don't know if you have yet, but performing like alongside queens at shows, is that, does that ever make you feel or has made you feel um, like unwelcome or out of place at all? No, not at all. Um, I haven't exactly with a queen yet but um, I know a couple of them Bella um, actually taught me how to do my makeup the first time so there's definitely everybody's welcoming and open so it's I don't think there's too much drama or anything so it's good okay. that's good yeah <laughs> well and I can speak to the history of that but what Justin said about about a queen helping with makeup a lot of the mentors in our Tuesday show are queens mm -hmm. because they already have that niche and so um, I think it's been amazing that a bunch of queens have narrowed down their art and their skills and their passion as into how they can further drag kings and um, I'm incredibly grateful for queens that are welcoming to us and also welcoming to hyper kings, hyper queens, any form of um, drag expression and androgyny drag is becoming really, really popular. 
And um, so there's a definitely a big sector that's super welcoming to us, but then there's a big sector that is not very welcoming to us. And like in the history of Malheim Kingdom, I've been shoved up against the wall in a dressing room and um, we've been mocked on a stage. And so like it goes both ways. We've been assaulted at a show before. Um, and I think it's just like people are just used to having it one way and so it's just very surprising to have any any other sort of thing so i'm super glad justin has never experienced that i feel like we're cleaning that up a little bit more um because i feel like that's more in the beginning days and maybe that visibility and just the whole there's now a drag king all over the place kind of thing i think that might be helping but yeah it's been it's been quite a fight (laughs) right and um just kind of on that topic as as far as like the drag world being sort of homogenized Mm -hmm. in that way um actually at cu we had a drag show last week we heard about Um, this we are dying to be in that show in the near near future (laughs) no you should it's great it was very the good thing about that was it was very inclusive it had like an equal number of kings and queens this is what i heard um and jessica lahore hosted it yes yes yep she's a dear dear friend of ours she's uh, she's been our mentor three times now and she yeah yep so that that helps somebody who's like that in the community for sure Mm -hmm. yeah she was very accepting which was very reassuring Mm -hmm. um but somebody named amadeus wanderlust um her name is actually gwendolyn and she works here too at the radio uh but she made the point during the show that drag in mainstream media has become a little too comfortable in the sense that it's white cis gay Mm -hmm. men primarily Mm -hmm. um but would you say that sort of that media popular media aspect has contributed to sort of an underrepresentation of other types of drag Mm -hmm. um performers in local shows and things like that i mean did you hear what rupaul said in the spring no. So RuPaul... Is it an FCC violation? No. Okay. RuPaul, <laughs> I'll be very careful. Okay. Um, RuPaul blatantly said that drag is a man dressing up as a woman. And to have the most famous drag niche in the world it was really frustrating because it was really invalidating and really um, erased us completely. Right. And there are some incredible drag kings in the world. And definitely um, the drag king world is on the rise. I mean, there's a new queen born in Denver every five minutes. So, you know, it drag queen, obviously there's way more drag queens. Their art has evolved to a really great place if they're willing to evolve. So um, I definitely blame media for um, being hypercritical of AFAB people in the drag world. And then RuPaul did a big, I mean, he really did a number on us. We actually put that into our pride piece because it was so infuriating. Mm-hmm. And um RuPaul later apologized and has tried to come out and be more accepting specifically of trans performers but I mean it was out there and it was already kind of known it just didn't have the words to back it up so I would I would definitely say that that is not um that the media doesn't give us as much you know a fair share as you know and not very many people can name famous drag kings um when you can name a lot of queens you know because you've seen them on tv or people know RuPaul girls all the time and know that kind of thing so yeah I would say we have a lot of catching up to do there are places that are helping us and we are growing and we are trying to rise so that we're worthy of the same stage but yeah definitely definitely a hard thing so far (laughs) yeah no I actually I did not know about Mm -hmm. that RuPaul thing and that's interesting to me this isn't about me but just (laughs) because drag was started right by trans women primarily it was was. so that's an interesting well and drag goes back to shakespearean time and so it's it's um interesting how it became a cis white male thing 
um, because it's not, it never was, but it, you know, has been claimed, which is so ironic to me of that's their niche, yet they're dressing up as women, <laughs> you know, and I don't know, it just blows my mind, the, the irony of drag and that, you know, marginalized community and stuff. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so this is kind of similar to what I asked you before about performing alongside drag queens, um, just as far as issues within mm-hmm. Denver. Um, but have, and both of either of you can, can attest to this, but how many, or not how many, but how open have people generally been to, to booking, um, shows with you guys at drag shows? Have you met any like very significant challenges with that, with getting shows? I mean, there's venues we won't perform in because they won't welcome us and they won't welcome our fans. Um, you can look those up because it's not going to be hard to find because the whole community knows who those people are. Um. We're just now starting to get booked in regular shows. So, you know, Monday through Sunday kind of things. Um, And most of the time at this point, there will be one drag king in a whole show, which is I'm grateful for. That visibility is huge. And most of the time it will be like a tip spot. It won't be like a paid performer spot. And it's kind of, I think tip spots are generally reserved for they come spotlights or pop-ups or something like that. Usually those are reserved for kind of people that they're trying to see, hey, do they attract a crowd? Are they interesting? How's their performance? That kind of thing. So I'm hoping that that's going to evolve um, so that it's more regular. You know, drag kings are booked right next to drag queens. Um, there's starting to be a couple of producers who are drag kings. in the in, um, So we see a few, maybe one, maybe two drag king shows a month. But it's certainly not common, and usually they're not um, like a like a for-profit thing. They're you know raising money for a charity or something like that, and so that's also good visibility. But I definitely want to move to the next level where we're sought after, you know. So where we're, um, I'm super excited because Trax holds an Ultimate Queen competition every year, and I live for this competition because it um, not only do you see the newest. Um, upcoming drag in Denver but you also hear incredible mentors and they're um, shaping these people and they go they go through I think the last one was like 13 weeks and um, they go they keep eliminating it's kind of modeled after RuPaul's and um, there have been drag kings on that show and they haven't like made it to finals and that kind of thing so I'm super hoping that we have our people audition and try and make it and and then show up well and um, people realize that they're worthy of the stage and that kind of thing so yeah um and sort of this is kind of a similar thing too and i know that justin you're new so a lot of these things you may not have like like experience with or like deep insights on yet um so i'm sorry about that um but do you think have you sensed that there are you know certain misconceptions that people have about kings or things that people have said that are kind mm-hmm. of stereotypical or anything like that? Yeah, definitely, like, especially, like, with my coworkers and they found out that I was doing drag, they're like, wait a minute, like, you're, you're a chick, you can't be a drag queen. And I'm like, no, I'm, it's drag kings. And so I have to explain to them what that means. And it's definitely not, people aren't educated on it yet because it's still pretty new and everything. But I think the more people, like, experience it, it will be second nature and everything to not... Mm-hmm. like stigmatize or anything like that so mm-hmm. yeah and um i mean you guys have c- sort of hinted at the fact that you do think that representation is getting better mm-hmm. as far as drag kings um and 
do you think that that translates to, and this also might not fit within your expertise, but do you think that also translates to like um, people of color in drag or non-binary people, trans people, like is it getting more, is the scene getting more accepting as far as all of those things or just sort of like cis men and sometimes cis women? God, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, we, our community and their ironic art, we're a marginalized community and then we marginalize. So I, I do think it's getting better. I've heard of really blatant, unbelievable racism within the last year in the drag world. Um, so I would say we're all slowly making ground. Um, I'm not sure. You know, one, one thing that I'm, I'm the person that, well, especially when I first started this, I would get on the message boards and I would see what people were saying because I, want, I wanted to know why drag kings weren't a thing as drag queens. And I wanted to know what they were saying about us because I wanted to rise above it. And so a lot of things that the queens were saying, oh, drag kings aren't very glamorous. They don't put a lot of effort into their look. Um, because honestly, it's quite, it's, it's, it's very drastic for a male to, and that I use that term broad because there's a lot of people who do drag, but uh, for, a, for, a, for a AMAB to put on a wig and a gown and like they're immediately a hundred times more glamorous and then they put on makeup and they can look feminine you know like it's kind of like a rule book that queens have and um it's also really cool because a lot of those are breaking so there's a ton of queens that are doing different things that are just really interesting um i have a dear dear friend kalila cortez who um she is hairy and she's just embracing that and so her shirts are low cut and her hair is just out and it's just an interesting like dynamic because i've never seen that before but that's who she is so anyway, I had heard that um, they don't think that we're very glamorous, so we hired a costume designer to be one of our mentors, and then we started bedazzling everything. And we're now always high off of E6000, and we're <laughs> always always stoning clothes, and, and it was true, like we don't belong on the same stage if we don't shine like a queen does. And then they were saying, oh, we don't paint like they do, you know, with contouring and that kind of thing. So we started studying anything and everything that we possibly can figure out about how to paint our faces to seem more masculine. And I really feel like we're coming a long way. The look that we're gonna paint for Austin is gonna be sick. Like, I'm pretty excited. Mm -hmm. Then they were saying we don't have moves and that I can't even handle because as a choreographer, we rehearse sometimes 10 hours a week compared to people who don't have to rehearse, you know, that kind of thing. They were saying, um, you know, hairstyles. And so we had a whole workshop on making um, headpieces because we were like, hey, if queens can do it, we can do it. And so we had some pretty incredible headpieces that week uh, as a part of the homework challenge. And so basically everything that I've heard about, I agree with and I can understand. I've also seen kings on the same stage as queens and just been so embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, we're so behind their art because their expression and the, the idea of drag has nothing to do with just being a woman. Women, it's, it's over, it's going over the top when it comes to gender and it's messing with gender. And so I think that's also why androgyny is becoming such an awesome thing right now because, you know, screw the binary and, and um, there's, even drag is doing that, which I think is really cool because here we are trying to mock the gender and then we're blending it, which, heck yeah, I take that. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard people say before, not make the argument, but I guess just assume that to be, like drag, part of drag is being like, sexually appealing yeah. or attractive and I've heard people say well drag queens do that really well but mm -hmm. drag kings that's not attractive or 
whatever. So why? <laughs> which I would beg to differ. Awesome. But I was gonna say our group is pretty pretty sexy. Pretty damn so. sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Justin has a big brother named Styler Phoenix Dazzle, and he's pretty sexy. And I have to tell you, we go to like play venues, and um, he's ripped. He he's a personal trainer, and um, we confuse a lot of people. <laughs> and I, we're gonna have to hire security when Justin comes to Austin. <laughs> you know, because it's funny because people are so drawn to these guys. And they're like, I don't know why, but I really want to buy you a shot. And they know they're female, and they 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 pack their pants, and they tape down. And, I mean, we do everything so that we can appear masculine. Not because that's what a proper king is, but that's, like, what our goals of our group are, so that we're a group and whatever. And, I mean, we have a really good look. We have a dapper piece where everybody's pretty smooth, wearing suits and hats and, you know, being all smooth and... We get a lot. We get a lot of interesting attention at the different places that we go. So I think that that is also changing. But it also took a minute. Like we we had to kind of figure out like what is appealing and what um, how do we do this. I've also there's also different forms of drag. There's like horror kind of drag, and we just got out of Halloween season. And I don't know how many sick sick songs I saw with blood and you know that kind of thing. There's also like comedy drag and weird drag and you know like shock shock value and all that kind of thing. So. It's not the one aspect that we're aiming for, but I think it's definitely coming around. <laughs> we have a lot of interesting fans who are, you know, gay boys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were talking earlier about the workshop that mm-hmm. you guys have on tu- Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Yep. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Um, and where is that? Is that at Pride and Swagger? Yep. Pride and Swagger, Seventeenth okay. and Pennsylvania. No clue. Washington, sure. Pennsylvania. Seventeenth. Sure. <laughs> Go to the neighborhood and just find Pride and Swagger. Yeah. Well, it's, it's on the right there. side. It's on the right side. Okay. <laughs> the, I mean, it's happy hour prices, twenty-one and up. There's free parking uh-huh. right past um, the bar, and I love this place. It's been open a year, and um, honestly, let's speak about the LGBT community. There's so much drama. Like I told you, there's places that we won't book and we can't book and we haven't been allowed in the doors. Um, I, I went to a couple bars that I knew. None of them were super interested in my concept. Um, and so I went to Pride and Swagger and they were like, let's do it. And so that I think that takes a lot for a bar in the LGBT scene to be like, okay, I'm going to support a drag king thing because it's literally never been done. And I'm part of a national producers forum and they were like, sorry, you're never going to have a weekly drag king show. You might have a monthly one, but that's also kind of unlikely because people just don't support those things. And I was like, you know, watch this. <laughs> and so we're, we're having our 30th show um, next Holy week. Cow. So I'm pretty, yeah, like I'm super excited and I don't know if this will last forever, but I'm going to keep booking mentors. I keep finding people who have stuff to teach us, um, which is also beautiful because that means that there's somebody in the community who has a light who is willing to pour that into brand new performers. Um, I find a lot of people are also super inspired by that. Like speaking of Jessica Lahore, she um, she mentored us, and not long after that, she is now ha- holding like a drag king, a drag school, like a whole day workshop type thing. Um, that you like register for and you go to all these different classes. Um, she's also come back three times now because she's like, and now I want to teach this, and now I want to teach this, which I love because, you know, she's probably the most famous drag queen in Denver and um, for her support is huge and for the bar's support for Pride and Swagger to open up to us every Tuesday 
you know, us and all of our fans. The people that come to our show are not the typical drag people. I find that awesome as well. A lot of people have never been to a drag show. A lot of people have never been to a gay bar. They were like, they're like, where is that? I didn't even know this was here. And then they love it and they come week after week after week. So um, I'm pretty excited for the new, the new thing and it's kind of sticking so far. So I'm really hoping it'll continue over the winter months when everybody wants to be nesting. I hope they keep coming out and <laughs> supporting local artists. And it's also a, it's a pretty big deal, I think, for the performers because we're, I've never seen a show like this one where it's so new every single time and there's complete concepts like head to toe, um, beginning to end. And, um, you know, nobody repeats things because they're new artists. So they're, um, you know, it's, they don't have a repertoire of things that they know is good. So they just try everything. Um, I say a lot during my show, drag is cheaper than therapy because a lot of times they'll have a statement. Justin just did a piece like this. Yeah. It was, I was worried about it, but it went over really well. So it came with a trigger warning of suicide. Mm -hmm. So Justin was really affected by the rates of suicide in our community. And so he did a whole piece on it and it was incredible. It was incredible. And it was deep and traumatic and, and it got your angst out. Yeah. And then, so I told, <clears throat> I had Robin mention at the beginning of my performance that anything that I get in tips, I would match. And I donated to the Trevor Project and everything, so. You donated um, $120? $120 I got. For, one, for so a three-minute song, so. Three-minute song. So it was, it was definitely, it was, it was intense. So we have kings sure. that live sing, and you can tell, you know, when the, when there's something annoying about the world or the administration or whatever's happening, usually that week there's a lot of angst on our stage. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it's a good way to get it out and just leave it there. And so I think that the support for this show is huge for the performers who are using it as therapy yeah. <laughs> and for the bar who supports us, you know, and just for the community. I believe that this art will change this world. And I believe that when you have a brand new baby drag king and you go crazy for them and you support them and you give them dollars and they're encouraged, <laughs> which is not a typical drag thing. When you're brand new, it's not easy to get started and to get booked. So on our stage, they go nuts and they come back and then they make more art and then they change the world. And I'm just convinced that this is what we need right now. So, Yeah, I think um, that quote, that yeah. little snippet is a good sort of ending point. Absolutely. Um, I think that was a very, very beautiful conclusion. Um, so just sort of uh, like an ending thing where, just to remind everybody, where can people find you guys online? So we're on all of the social medias, Mile High Kingdom, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, um, and Facebook. And we're pretty mostly active on Facebook. So follow us there. <laughs> Um, our show, so our group is called Mile High Kingdom, and that's, we link almost everything there. And then our show is called New Kings on the Block, which dates me because it's an old, <laughs> it's like one of the first boy band things, and I love it, but whatever. So that's, that's, you could also Google that and that, or um, look that up on Facebook, and that's at Pride and Swagger, Tuesdays at 8. So. All right. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. So, yeah, this has been uh, News Underground. Again, I'm Anna, not Lucy, as per usual. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for bearing with me. I'm so happy to have had you guys on. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we will see you um, later this week. News Underground is every Monday and Thursday. Um, 
it'll probably be Lucy next time, but we're gonna we're gonna get some more we're gonna get some more correspondence in, get some more people in, and we're really gonna sort of you know hype up News Underground and really get it going here in the next oh. semester. So, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this has been News Underground. This is Radio 1190, uh, and now back to the music, which I'm sure many of you have been waiting for. No. Um, <laughs> not that My Law Kingdom isn't amazing, but <laughs> I know that. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, so back to the music. Thank you. Radio 1190, 1190 AM. You know the drill. This is Banana. This is redundant. <laughs> <laughs> um, Good job, Anna. Thank you. We're proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm proud of me, too. Um, hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> so Why didn't you mom. say hi, Mom? I was going to say. Hi, <laughs> Mom, not my mom. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you. Radio 1190. Bye.